right. Well, today we have Lindsay joining us. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm sad we can't do this in person, so we'll just have to have you on again in the future. So. I would love that. So maybe if you would, do you want to just give a, the folks that are listening a little bit of an introduction and tell us a little bit about your background and sort of what you do? Sure. Um, so I uh, grew up from in Nebraska, went to Mount Mercy. Uh, my background professionally is in sales and marketing. And um, in September of 2019, I left the corporate world and my sales career to found the Restoration Project, which is a coaching and consulting firm. Um, I have this wild dream that um, I want to help people restore the foundations upon which we've built leaders, teams, and organizations um, really rally around concepts around self-discovery and self-development and building team trust and connection and being uh, more purposeful and careful about stewarding the resources that um, organizations have. So I've just, I love the Cedar Rapids, Iowa City area, and I've seen so many great leaders and businesses and just wanted to be able to help them in a real and meaningful way. That's awesome. So how long had you been sort of dreaming up the restoration program? Um, because obviously like you don't just decide to build a business one day. I'm sure you've been thinking about that for a long time. So I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that journey. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would say that, um, service has been on my heart since I was a little girl. Uh, my mom told me that I used to love, um, reading books about Martin Luther King Jr. And mother Teresa. And she's like, kid you like are not interested in movie stars or sports people <laughs> you're yeah. bringing home these big deep books so that's always kind of been a part of who I am and then I graduated college and wanted to go into nonprofit work um, and really service-based work but I had a bunch of student loans and I had a professor who said hey why don't we find you a really good corporate culture that um, you can get a job that pays the bills and feel good about the work that you're doing. And I, I was grateful for that because I learned a ton in sales and a ton about business. Um, so I was, I was grateful for that, but it had always been nagging me this like um, desire to help in a real way. And I, I tell you, John, that inside organizations that I worked in, I saw a lot of the issues were not, strategy or systems related they were really people related and um i knew in my heart and on my own journey that a lot of the struggles that i had as a leader were related to uh, me not really understanding or leading myself well and so that it's kind of a dream that has grown since i was little and kind of changed and morphed and then over the last year god just he said it's time it's time it's time so I uh, took the leap and left behind a lot of security and a lot of status and a big paycheck to figure out how I can make this work. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure you have your ups and downs. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So how do you navigate that? Um, I'm just curious as a business owner myself, um, leaving that security is quite scary, but I'm just wondering how does Lindsay handle herself when times are tough? Yeah, uh, it looks a lot different now than it used to. I would tell you that um, 
even three years ago when I would struggle, I would really try to sit down and strategize my way out of things and use my logical brain to problem solve. And uh, over the last three years have been on a pretty deep spiritual journey and really learning Um, what trust and surrender mean in real ways. And um, so for me, you know, clarity is something I always come back and talk to people about because clarity for me three years ago would have been having a plan. And now clarity is more about me um, really being able to show up and be present in any given moment, understanding my strengths and my limitations and trusting that God has a plan so that I can be fully present and take advantage of opportunities and, and really see the, the lows as, or the valleys as opportunities to lean in, to trust him and lean in to sharpen my own skills around, you know, uh, whether that's rest or learning more about myself, some of those kinds of things. So it's, it's been intense, an intense journey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's fun that it's a process that you're going through that you're able to also help others with, you know, yeah. and, and that's one of the things that I feel like I really enjoy talking with you about is that you're on this journey too, and you're also helping others um, sort of figure out what that looks like for them. And I think that there's such a great, power in identifying limitations like you were saying Mm -hmm. um and kind of giving yourself to that process of like i think um i and this is maybe just an experience that i've gone through in the last year and a half but just the ability to say i can't do this and i need somebody to help me do this i i think has been really helpful for me and especially running a business and you know, having a family to provide for, I think that that's the biggest piece of advice I could give anyone is just don't be afraid to, to ask for help. So just out of curiosity, um, how, what kind of resources do you have or what kind of resources do you provide for people that you're working with to, or anybody that's listening that is saying, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of struggling a little bit. And, uh, what would you have for, for them, any advice or any, any resources that you would recommend? Yeah. Thank. Well, first of all, thank you for that amazing nugget about learning how to ask for help. I, that's just such a big problem in our society in general. It's, it's like this false notion that we can do it all and have it all, all at once. Like I do believe that you can do a lot of things and have a lot of things, but trying to cram them all in can it's leaving us sick and tired and people are literally getting to the end of their life like man i wasted so much time on the wrong stuff and and the the asking for help and stating your needs is such an important part of i think living a full life being able to have a successful career and a successful family and and your health and um you can't do that alone so thank you for that um from a resource perspective, you know, my secret sauce, and I actually just published a blog about this today, my secret weapons are stillness and silence. I think that the the answer to a lot of our overwhelm and frustration and um, our feeling lost comes in sitting with ourselves 
and hearing that still small voice inside that we're always running away from or trying to cover up. Um, and, and God, I mean, that's where I meet God and, um, really can understand how he sees me and can understand when I, when you said limitations earlier, it's like some of those are, are true limitations and some of those we've made up in our minds. And so that's, that still and silent place is a place to discern what's real and what's not real from a limitation perspective. And it's, and it's a place for you to work through um, that overwhelm and that frustration in a safe way. You've got to face those big, hard questions. I mean, for me, it was really starting with what does success look like or what's a good life look like for me? Because I had lived all of mine based on expectations of others or what culture told me um, was success and good. And that wasn't being true to who I was or what um, God wanted for my life. Sure. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So one of the uh, expressions that you use a lot is um, live a life of grit, gratitude, and Mm -hmm. grace. And Mm -hmm. I think that that would summarize a little bit of what the theme that we're on how did you come to that expression? And maybe do you want to just expand a little bit on, on that and how you use that with, when you're working with others? Yeah, those words, they just would not leave me. (laughs) They just kept coming up and coming up. And, and then I published my blog and I don't, I don't know. I just, um, I think of things in threes, like that's just a, and I know that's a a Bible thing. Like that's a, a God given thing. Um, but for me, those things in balance have so much power. So I believe that we have a lot of personal responsibility for finding joy in our life and finding peace in our life and, and serving others and, um, kind of taking control of our life and being that, you know, grit has to do with that. It has to do with discipline and accountability and always striving to be your best self. Mm -hmm. Um, and when you're doing that, there are times where things aren't working and that's when you can lean into gratitude and really find gratitude in small moments and small joys when you're in those valleys. Um, and the grace side of things, um, that one is so powerful for me because I'm not a graceful person. I am a mess maker and I'm an intense person and a challenger and I make people upset and I say things the wrong way. Um, so, I lean, I have always leaned hard into grace in my life. And I feel like if you can find some sort of balance in that, um, or not, not even balance, but harmony, you know, some days you need more grit than you need grace. And some days you need more grace than you need grit. Sure. Sure. Well, yeah. And I would imagine that, and, and I don't know if this is something that you'd feel comfortable talking about, but I'm sure that this is coming up even more in the time frame that we're in within the last, you know, being, shelter in place month and a half ish. Have have you noticed that this has been a little bit more of a challenge to hold on to the last month and a half? Yes. Um, yes. In big ways. (laughs) Um, great. Again, grace has been a big thing for me. I've been leaning a lot into grace. I'm a very, um, achievement oriented, routine oriented person. So this has been hard for me to one of the things is just recognizing for me that the uncertainty and the not being able to see my friends and my family has been emotionally taxing. So I might be operating at any given time at 
as low as 50% of my normal capacity. And um, just last Thursday, actually, I woke up and I'm like, you know, one of the first things I do is thank God for the day and really try to feel how I'm feeling and think about, you know, what my frame of mind is. And I just was not feeling it that day. So I said at one o'clock, I have a break and I'm taking a nap and I'm not going to put anything hard in the rest of the day. And, um, I think in my previous life, I would just push through and then that keeps stockpiling up into bad stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So are you, are you, um, obviously like you're not doing coaching one-on-one in person at the moment you're doing all zoom calls. Yeah. Um, what are the, some of the challenges of that? And then obviously like it's not as personal. Um, zoom is, you know, isn't obviously like we'd love to be doing the podcast in person. Um, but I'm just wondering what are some of the challenges of, uh, working with people via zoom? And then also, I don't know if you want to talk just a little bit about like, is there a common theme that people are struggling with right now that you've sort of identified that uh, maybe some of the rest of us are also going through, but and need a little help on? <laughs> yeah, I uh, well, I'll start there. So the one theme um, that keeps coming up time and time again, and one of the ladies that I work with coined the term emotional whiplash. She's like, oh, it's just constant up and down and back and forth and you know, that has to do with the uncertainty of things. And then the, that balance, we're all trying to be our best every day. And some days you nail it and some days you don't. And then I think about all the people who, you know, we, I don't have kids. So then incorporating, you know, like your little into the mix and trying to be a parent and work full time. I mean, that's just so much to take on really high highs and really low lows. Um, so that's been the major theme is just, I've been pushing my clients really hard on trying to find a few minutes at the beginning of the day and a few minutes at the end of the day, just for, um, space to reflect and celebrate small stuff and small joys, and then forgive themselves for things that happened that day that they just need to let go of. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Um, but the zoom thing, um, you know, what's interesting like I'm a super, I love to connect people. I love to hug people. Um, so in that way it's been hard, but it's been interesting that actually I think people have been willing to open up more because it's almost like there's a safety barrier between sure. us. Sure. <laughs> and the hardest part has been, um, like I've had a couple clients where they'll start crying and I grew up in an alcoholic family. So I'm very familiar with this concept from AA that when somebody starts to cry, you're not supposed to pass them a tissue because that's like you saying, Oh, please stop crying. You know, like it's, it makes oh. you uncomfortable. So you're supposed to just let them get it out. Um, and you can't stop them from crying over zoom. So when they get emotional, then I'm just like, it's okay. It's okay. Let it out. You know, yeah. <laughs> I have to really practice that skill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can't pass them a virtual tissue or anything. Right. Right. <laughs> so, um, I'm trying to think here of where I want to go next. Um, because you mentioned growing up in an alcoholic family. And I know that very recently, I would say within the last year Mm -hmm. is when you publicly shared your story, which that video is online. And I would definitely recommend 
people check it out. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about um, the the journey of getting to the place where you felt comfortable sharing that, especially within a group of people? Yeah. Oh man, this has been such a hard journey for me. And this is this, I feel like it, this is part of the restoration project and my life work, like my life's work and legacy is, um, you know, so I grew up in an alcoholic family. Also, my dad was, uh, very physically and verbally abusive. And we were in that situation until I was 16 and could make a choice not to go there on the weekends anymore. He and my mom divorced when I was three, but um, we still had to be there every other weekend. Mm -hmm. And I think the, I don't, I don't want people to think that you have to go back into all your trauma. That's not the point of my story. The point of my story was really reclaiming that power that I had given away by holding on to resentment and unforgiveness. Um, and how much, um, growing up in a situation like that, even if it's not that, um, deep of trauma, John, are the way we are raised and the beliefs that we grow up around and the life experiences that we have, um, they really shape our perceptions of ourself in, and the world in ways that we don't even recognize until we are willing to kind of go back through our story in, again, a non-traumatic way, but just, sure. um, and, and a lot of mine had to do with self-worth and what love looks like and, um, always trying to fill a gap with achievement, like always trying to fill that void, um, with, with achievement that could, could never be filled by that. And, um, I did not want to share my story publicly. In fact, my friend Reed forced me. Okay. (laughs) I think I said no, like 25 times. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But, But Uh, I prayed a lot about it. And the scariest part for me was it's not just my story. This doesn't just impact me. It impacts my sister. It impacts my mom. It impacts my dad, obviously, in big ways. Um, But it also impacts all the people around me. Like my friend, my high school friends never knew, even my closest high school friends, because I just, one, I think I was ashamed. And two, I don't even know looking back. It's like, it was just the way it was. And I didn't think it was worth talking about. Um, maybe, but now that I have shared it, I almost threw up and ran out before I got up there. I, I almost blacked out. I mean, it was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life by a long ways. Um, but the beauty of it has been that so many people have opened themselves up to me um, regardless of whether the story is that intense or not. Yeah. Um, but really it's given other people permission to say me too. And sure. to that's the whole point. That's yeah. all I want people to recognize is your story affects you in ways you don't understand until you're ready to walk through it. Yeah, absolutely. No. And, and I think that there's such a tremendous bravery in what you did and you can see the result of people opening up themselves too, because uh, you know, it's interesting because you're in a line of work where you're trying to get people to open up (laughs) and, you know, sort of work through these things. And 
the fact that you were able to do that as well, I think sets you apart far and above anyone else in your profession because you not only did you do that publicly, but you also, it's online. And uh, people who haven't met you can watch it and go, oh, wow. So maybe I, I didn't grow up with those specific things, but I can identify two parts of the, you know, different parts of the story. And, and so I think that that's really powerful. And I just wanted to thank you for sharing that story and, and encourage people to go watch that. And, and honestly, like it, you know, this, there's no shame in asking for help and, yeah. and wanting to talk through, you know, past things with, with different people. Um, I, I went through sort of not, I don't want to compare my story to your story, but definitely, um, you know, I don't know if I'm necessarily at the point where I'm ready to talk about it mm -hmm. publicly, but it was with a religious organization that we were a part of. And, and, um, you know, one of the things that I'm coming to terms with is, um, you know, cause I just look back and look at some of the decisions and somebody told me, you know what, you made the best decisions you could with the information you had, and now you have better information and you're making better decisions. And so I, with that, I'm just wondering, like, how do you, um, how do you approach going forward now with sort of um, that mentality of I'm, I'm making better decisions now, but how do you not let the past sort of uh, weigh you down, but use the experience to yeah. sort of move forward. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing a, a bit, a bit of your story yeah. too. That that's a, such a powerful lesson. I mean, for me, the biggest part of me really facing this and saying it out loud as I was working through what I was going to say was, um, my dad, he is a good human being. He just, man, he got a raw deal. He was abused growing up too. And I don't, I think at times some of his behavior he didn't even realize was um, hurtful because that's all he knew. And that was what changed my life about all this was really seeing him for the first time, seeing myself as not a victim um, and not seeing him as the perpetrator or the aggressor, but just sure. seeing us both as human beings, like doing like you said, doing the best we could with what we had at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, man, I just, after that realization in preparing for that talk, I saw life in a whole different way. It's like, um, you know, I, I, I think, John, I realized that, that everyone's trying to do the best they can and there's no like one right way to do things and there's no run, one right way to be. How can we all create environments where we can fully live into who we are and what we believe and, and take a stand on things and still remain open to knowing that we don't know it all. And we're continuing to learn and grow together. Yeah, that's great. Well, I think this actually is a great segue into, um, one of, I think it was your second to, so you published a blog yes. today. I haven't read that one, but the <laughs> one before that, um, you, uh, wrote something and I just wanted to read that here really quick. Thanks for reading, by the way. It oh. really means a lot to me that people, 
sometimes yeah. you just don't know you're like putting it out in the universe like i hope this helps at least one person but yeah it doesn't it helps yeah. me when i write <laughs> well honestly i think that's a big part of why we even started the podcast um with storyline was i can look back at uh different times in my life because i think the, uh you know owning a media company was always kind of like in the back of my head but i just couldn't formulate it and but I had people who helped me along the way. And so like little pieces of advice. And I think what's really interesting is going back to those people and reminding them of what they said mm-hmm. and then them not remembering that. And, and I just, I, I just thought, wow, we don't even know how much we can influence somebody by just being honest or saying a word of encouragement. And so uh, I hope that that's, really what you know that the thing is is like if nobody listens to this pot if one person listens to the podcast this is a that's a win for me yeah. especially if it helps them out you know yeah and you so, never know what it'll evolve to be and i love what you just said like asking pe- being honest about your dreams and then allowing people to speak into them yeah um, man that's so powerful and it might take 10 years but it's worth it to not let go of those things Yes, absolutely. Hmm. I love it. So the quote from your blog is, um, lasting confidence and courage cannot be found in appearance, net worth, who you know, what you do, or what you achieve. You have to learn to find worthiness in who you are by just being. And um, so I don't know if, do you want to expand on that a little bit and how you came to saying something because I feel like that connected with me because I feel like I'm in a time where I'm learning by just being. And I think that there's, it's really empowering. And so I don't know, I I just would be, I would love to hear you expand a little bit on that. Okay. And then you have to share your journey too. Okay. Oh man, this worthiness, this was a deep, deep, deep wound for me or a deep thing to heal. I, um, even up until when I left, like for instance, when I left Bergen KDB, my last corporate job, um, it took me from September until January to really unwind with some really, um, good help from my spiritual leaders and, um, healers unwind my worthiness from achievement. And, um, this, my mom has always said that Lindsay, you need to learn how to just be and, you know, appreciate the seasons of life and appreciate that things like sowing and reaping, like there is a time for planting and then there is a time for harvest. You can't be harvesting all the time. And in between there, you got to let stuff grow and not be ripping it out all the time. (laughs) um, (laughs) Yeah. That's just, that's so hard to have. It was hard for me, John, to see like rest and thinking and um, understanding myself and spending time with God as quote unquote productive, as doing something, as adding value. When in reality, that has been the most valuable thing that I've ever done. Um, and I, I distinctly remember back in June of last year, um, one of my healers asked me to say in the mirror, um, 
I am worthy of unconditional love. And I could not say that. Like, I couldn't even get the words out looking in my own eyes. And I'm like, okay, I got a lot of work to do here. <laughs> um, so, so I tried for a really long time to like find it in me and um, I never could get there. And I, I hope some people can, but the, where it changed for me was living into and opening up the Bible and really reading about what God believes about us and how he loves us and how he sees us and how he created us and how unique and beautiful each of us are just for the spirit of us, you know, our yeah. essence, our ideas, our, um, and I, and then I started thinking, well, yeah, we believe that about babies and we believe that about other be human beings that can't necessarily contribute, you know, mm -hmm. in a way that society says is productive, they're still valuable. Um, why can't I believe that about myself? So that was, that's kind of how I started to wrap my brain around it. But I, I live into what God says about me a lot and feedback for me has been important. Words of affirmation are a love language. So I've been purposeful in seeking out people um, who can support me in, in, in ways that encourage and challenge me, tell mm -hmm. me what I'm doing well, and then tell me where I need to work so that I can, um, it, it, and just by, not by what I'm doing, but by who I am, you know, like mm -hmm. kindness and some of those things that are more intangible. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So, uh, and this is one of the things that I had written down and you touched a little bit about on it. Um, you know, talking about your faith and how your faith has played into your journey and helped you. When, when would you say, has that always been a part of your life or was, you know, what, what, yeah. what, what kind of timeframes are we talking about here? Well, I've had a, I've had an in and out and up and down journey with God. That's for sure. 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 <laughs> I mean, I grew up in the church. I was baptized Methodist and we went to church every Sunday. And then as a teenager, I started locking my door, pretending that I overslept and tried not to go. And, um, but super involved in youth group. Did, it work? Did that work by the way? <laughs> no. no. So this is hilarious. My dad actually physically took the doors off the hinges in my room, <laughs> partly because I was slamming them because I was oh, kind of an angry kid, but yeah. also because I was locking them trying to get out of church. Oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> and he was such a stoic man. Like he never said, it was my stepdad. Um, so he never really got mad. He just came down one day, red faced and no words, just started using tools on the doors. And I'm like, what is happening here? Oh my gosh. Well, I have a daughter, so I'll have to remember that in, yes. you know, 14 years. <laughs> yeah. And this was like, I think I was 16 or 17. So like the prime of when you feel like you need privacy. So that was really punishing me. In yeah. Um, but anyway, um, I went to college and uh, bartended and kind of, you know, made a lot of bad decisions. And so never went to church. Um, but always, I would tell you, John, I always have felt like a connection. I think especially because of the, some of the trauma that I experienced in my lowest times, I would always come back to prayer, even when I wasn't like practicing religion okay. and, and feel God's presence and some comfort in that. And then 
um, yeah, my husband and I met and he's Catholic and, um, I went through back through RCIA and came back to the church that way and, um, have just had some really wonderful spiritual mentors who have helped me, um, kind of understand the history of Christianity and, um, the story of Jesus in different ways and also really embrace like the mystical personal side of Christianity that I feel like we don't get a lot in church, but just how do you really have a conversation with God and how do you really invite Jesus into your life and feel his presence and, um, in a, in a way that you can't logically explain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I love, that's the part of my spirituality and, my relationship with God that I just love is seeing, seeing signs and seeing him speak through other people and like that, just that awareness. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what, uh, kind of, this is kind of a transition, but kind of not. Um, so where do you feel like your future, what, what do you feel like your future looks like? Um, and more specifically, like, and obviously like we're in a time where, you know, we don't even know if we're going to be allowed to go outside. Um, (laughs) (laughs) what, what, what does your future look like and where do you sort of feel like you're being led next? Yeah. Um, it's a good question. I think I'm still figuring that out. I, um, I know that God will wants me to do something with my writing. I don't know exactly what that is. I actually, um, (laughs) I just got an email from a publisher yesterday asking me if I'd ever thought about writing a book, which was weird. I'm like, what? Oh yeah. Um, Was that, that was before you said that like a week and a, no, no, no. You were talking about the idea of a book. Yeah. Like a week and a half ago, right? (laughs) Yes. This is how God works, John. I'm telling you. That's crazy. And it was literally, it wasn't, at first I was like, well, this is weird. This is just like advertisement. But this woman had read my blog, had very specific things to say. Um, I don't know. We'll see. So who knows? I just got that last night at five o'clock. I'm like, what's happening? (laughs) But (laughs) but I will. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we might have a published work coming out then. <laughs> I mean, my my goal is, um, well, I'm bringing on a partner for the Restoration Project, someone who's aligned from a values perspective, who has passion like I do around really helping the leaders and the organizations in this community um, be the best they can. And, um, re- and when I say that, like, better life experiences and better work outcomes. Like how do we really reform the and restore the human experience um, in the the business realm? So I've been praying these big audacious prayers and I'll just share them with you because I don't know. This is, this is how big I'm going. Um, God, give us the opportunity to restore the hearts and minds of the most powerful leaders. Um, that's it for me. I don't, I don't know what that is going to look like. And I'm just trying to stay. Those are the words that were on my heart. Um, I'm doing a dangerous prayers Bible study right now. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's just this, like, I really believe we have a, an opportunity to change people's lives in a really positive way through the work world. If 
leaders will allow us to include, um, you know, self-discovery and development in professional development, leadership um, development in some major ways. I don't know. It's, it's still kind of fuzzy and I'm just trusting that he's going to continue to refine it and open doors like he has and we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. That's, that's really great. And we'll be in prayer with you. On thank that. you. Um, so I think we're almost out of time. Um, I just didn't know, would you, is there any closing thoughts, anything that, you know, we talked about that you want people to know that we, we might've, uh, slipped our radar. Yeah. Well, I think, yes, the, the hardest thing for me has been like when you get on this and maybe you can speak into this too, cause I think we're on similar journeys and okay. paths, but well, you know, when you, the world, the world tells you to live a certain way and culture says that there is this certain ideal and um, I do certainly think that faith plays a big part in the way I'm living my life differently. Um, I also have two friend, great friends who are atheists and they're some of the most wonderful human beings I've ever met. So like, I don't want to discount um, that it's all that, like that's where, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to think about that because I do believe God is in control of my life and I want him to have control and he's doing beautiful things and I want him to have all the glory and honor in that. Yeah. Um, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, it's really hard to slow down and challenge the way you've been thinking, the way you've been doing things, the way you've just been being. Sure. Um, it's hard to step off the hamster wheel because we're so busy, like doing and consuming and judging. And, <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's like, I, I don't know how to, my, the hardest part for me is, is articulating in a way that is, that makes it appealing that this is the secret to life. I really believe like stepping off the hamster wheel and exploring and being true to who you are is the only way you will find contentedness. Cause I've had all the money and I've had all the things and I've lived that life. And I just was so empty. Um, sure. So that's my, that's my thing. It's like, I don't know how to make it appealing to tell you to step off the hamster wheel and <laughs> dive headfirst into these questions that will challenge you and convict you and make you uncomfortable. But that is where I truly believe the secret to happiness. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think like as part of my experience and kind of where our story is now is I'm finding an unbelievable amount of, I think power is the wrong word. Um, maybe em empowerment mm -hmm. in helping others. So um, sort of like, I, I guess like my whole thought for my entire life was that when you tithe or you bring an offering, it's only in the church. Mm. And so that was something that I've been uh, kind of wrestling with over the last year and a half, because I also think that it, it's helping those around you, yeah. you know? And so um, just figuring out, especially like in the times of 
um, you know, COVID-19, I've had some friends who have taken a hit with their business. And so just going, Hey, I don't want anything in return. How can I help you get through this time and navigate it? And I feel like there's such, um, I, 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 and I'm, I'm struggling a little bit cause I don't, maybe I haven't like said any of this out loud yet, but Love it. just being able to, um, give back without one, anything in return, I think helps on sort of what you're speaking to is it really makes you slow down. I think one of the things that I am for sure guilty of is, uh, comparing myself to others, especially others that are in my field. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, this sounds harsh and I didn't do it to be harsh, but a lot of those people, I just have to unfollow on social media and not even track necessarily. It's not that I don't care what they're doing, but I think it's finding these little steps of how to get off the hamster wheel, like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And going, okay, what am I doing that's not healthy for me? Because I think, you know, storyline, I just want to tell good stories. I don't, I'm not in it. I mean, obviously money helps me do it, but I'm not in it for the money necessarily. I just want to help people, you know, help businesses succeed. Because I think the thing that excites me the most is how people started their business. Mm -hmm. like, or motivation, like what we're talking about today, like why you're motivated to do this type of coaching. I think this shows a part that people don't necessarily see on the website or see in the social media channels. And so, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a process and I would encourage people to, to just really study how do you feel when you do certain things and I'm not trying to guilt trip anyone, but I noticed that social media and looking at what others were doing, that was really unhealthy for me because it changed me wanting to just help people to, well, now it's a competition and storylines got to be the best of the best of the best. Even though I want that, it's the wrong reasons tied to it. Yeah. John, that's so good. And so powerful that your perspective on abundantly giving that will come back to you. So that's so hard to do as a solopreneur. It's like, okay, I really want to do the right thing, but I also have a family to feed. How is yeah. this going to work out? No, it, I know. It yeah. really, it really, if people will just trust it, it will. I mean, oh, I just, I mean, this, like you have done so much for me. I would recommend you and give any, like I will send everyone I know to you, you know, (laughs) just because you're, (laughs) well, and you're, I mean, it helps you do quality work. So I don't want to. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. (laughs) But also like you're a good human and that is, that will come back. And I think people, it's really hard for people to believe that, but it's really true. Yeah. Well, and I think that's part of the thing that maybe, maybe could be a topic for another time. I don't know, but, um, you know, and that was one of the things that I was raised with is like, if you give, then there will be an abundance given back to you. And I think that 
the time I'm in right now is not even worrying about the abundance part and just focusing on like, you know what, even if like, cause I think part of the issue is like when you think about, Oh, I'm going to, there's going to be an abundance or a reward. I put my own thinking on what that means, if that makes sense. So like, for example, if you say there's going to be an abundance return, well, do, and I'm expecting like a Lamborghini, oh. like, right? And then a Lamborghini doesn't come. Yeah. Then, so to me, it's like, sure, I believe in the abundance, but I, I'm, I'm thinking more in terms of like relationships and friendships that I'm going to get out of it. And I'm not saying that you are implying that by any means, but I guess that's, that's just where I'm at is like, it's a, it's a little bit of a process that I'm in of like, it's not physical things necessarily, but it's more relational. Yeah. And that's what I'm excited about. I I love that because you're right that that's uh, we're always trying to quantify or control or and that's part of the faith thing right is hey I'm gonna do what I can do I am gonna sow and sow and sow and sow and sow and trust that God will give me my time to reap when it's my time and in the quantity that He thinks I need and man that when you grow up not trusting anyone to trust that like your whole yeah. life to the Lord is, that's been a long, long, long journey. <laughs> and it's something I still work on every yeah, single day. Yeah, and it's day. not done yet. And that's the best yeah. part. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I think it's, uh, I'm not good at segueing out of a podcast. <laughs> I haven't figured that part out yet, but our, uh, uh, we've hit our, our time quota here. So unfortunately we're going to have to stop, but Thank you so much for joining us today, Lindsay. And, and if you're out there and you want to know more, you want to go check out her blog, please go check out the-restorationproject.com or gritgratitudeandgrace.com. Thank you. Yeah. Thank this you so much. For, yes, this was really fun and we'll definitely have to do this again. Love it. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you. Thank you.